This episode of the Wings of Blue Cheese podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian division of the Cast Horse Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the Wings of Blue Cheese podcast and the Buffalonian podcast, with more shows on the way very soon. Find these shows wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or simply visit our website posted in the episode description. Now, without further ado, let's get into the latest edition of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing? My name is Evan Harrington. To my right, or actually to my left on your screen, is Joel Frazee, my co-host, back once again for another episode of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast. First of all, Joel, how are you doing? Hey, things are good. Um, been um, been slacking, uh, you and I, lately. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. um, so last, last week, Evan and I couldn't just find a time to get things going. And then this week I've moved into um, I, I moved into my new place here in uh, Davenport, Iowa. So um, things are kind of off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, but uh, other than that, things are things are doing well. I got a tour of the locker room today. Got to get my equipment. Uh, got a couple sweatshirts. Got a couple um, got a couple sticks. Everything that's uh, ready to go now. Finally and. Uh, Got to get ready to run two miles tomorrow, so that'll be fun. And uh, other than that, everything's kind of kind of normal still. I got a little bit of off time today, so um, yeah. Ev, what's what's going on with you? I I guess uh, the latest thing going on in the life of Evan Harrington was that today the the Chicklets Cup was back in <laughs> Buffalo. Um, and if anyone doesn't know what the Chicklets Cup is, basically um, they drink Pink Whitney in the podcast Split and Chicklets. Um, hosted by Ryan Whitney and Paul Bissonette. Uh, they travel around the country and they they hold these these street slash roller hockey events in the select town they choose. Um, and there's there's three divisions. There's A, B, and C. There's a couple women's divisions. Uh, there's roller as well. Uh, I think there might be a co-ed this year as well. Um, but they're back in Buffalo at Riverworks. And a few of the Buff State guys, alumni, players, um, are were t- participating in it. So I went down and... Uh, did some media photos. Regret was running the Instagram for them today, and they won last year. Um, and they're looking to become back-to-back champions this year. Um, yeah. As I'll find out soon, but it looks like they're probably going to be playing at like eleven fifteen tomorrow in the in the championship or playoffs. Because really? they, you know, they went two and zero today, so you know it's good for the guys to go two and zero. And you know, it's, so it's they don't have bit. so they don't have anything on Sunday then. Not that I'm aware of. Really? So it's a Friday Saturday ordeal? Well, yeah, because it's got to be hard for Sunday because like the bills and stuff. Like no one's gonna really go. Oh yeah, well no, that's true. Yeah, I guess yeah, you're right. I mean, but I was just saying from their standpoint. Yeah, because like people, what if people work on Friday and stuff? You know. Well, that's the thing. They're holding. They're holding their big day on on uh, on Saturday. That other. That's tomorrow. Yeah. All right. So, that's not yeah, too I mean, bad. That's good. Overall, overall, it was a really good turnout. Um, a lot of people are saying it was better than last year's uh, in the summer, which is good. Um, that's the thing. They're coming back to Riverworks. You might as well top the one the year before. So it's good for them. And, um, yeah, it's good to be yeah. back. 
That's awesome. Well, good for you, Ev. That's uh, they have a good group of guys too, Collie and all those guys. So, oh yeah, um, it's, Collie, it's pretty, Mac, it's Alex, pretty entertaining. Ed. We'll leave, we'll leave it at that, but it's pretty entertaining. It's a good time. Yeah. All right. Speaking of a good time, we always have a good time going through our uh, NFL picks. Of the yeah. week. Um, we're also we're slacking, dude. We don't even know what our records are, do we? We're starting from week five off. We're, we're, we're going to start from week five on. From week five on, we'll be tracking the Wings of Blue Cheese game. No, we have, no we, have we, we, right. we have to go back. We have to go back. We have to go back eventually, but... Um, yeah, because we got to see who we got to we got to put uh, got to put a little wager on who's gonna you know winner's got to get something. That's true. I mean, but yeah, yeah. and, and uh, other than that though, let's let's dive right in. Ev, who do you got first game? Yeah, so first game uh, we got the Giants at Dolphins here. I'm gonna take the Dolphins in a matchup going up against a really weak Giants opponent. I don't see Miami dropping two in a row, especially after they're. they're Brutal loss to Buffalo. Give me the Dolphins. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm just not. I mean, the Giants are the Giants are okay, but they're. Um, I don't like. I don't think this game is going to be even close. I think the Dolphins are going to whoop them, especially after what happened last week. Um, also, that how about that Claypool trade that literally just happened probably yes. an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, they traded for Tree. Uh, Chase Claypool um, already have a talented amount of receivers on their roster, including yeah. Lexi Tyree Kill, Waddle, uh, Barrios. I mean, you say what you want about Claypool, but he's a talented wide receiver. So no, they, they uh, listen. I, I I know McDaniel. I, I listen. I, I don't know him obviously, but I think I know what his strategy is here. He's they signed him so they can give a little bit more confidence to Eli Apple. Uh, he needs it, Lord knows. So that'll be. You know, you know, going up against him in practice, that'll increase his confidence a little bit, I think. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how they use um, Claypool. I think there could be some beneficiaries to bring Claypool in because at one point, Claypool was a very, very talented wide receiver, and talent just doesn't go away like that. So if you pair that up with a great offensive coach, you might be able to get the best out of him. All right, Although use, they'll team. use him how he needs to be used. I think that he was just yeah. a little bit over-reliant, or he, they just – they expected too much out of them um, out in um, out in Chicago there, and then obviously Chicago is just a dumpster fire, um, and it you know creates a toxic environment, and you know how that that leads to. So, but anyways, yeah, that's that'll be an interesting uh, interesting little trade to see how that works out. But either way, the Dolphins Dolphins are probably going to smack the Giants. So. Panthers at Lions. I'm going to take the Lions in this one. Um, I think the Panthers are kind of due for a game soon, but not against the Lions. The way the Lions are looking right now, I'm taking this one. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't bet against the Lions either. I mean, it's um, it's definitely a trap game. Like, there's no doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's it's 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 gonna be the Lions are gonna be favored pretty good, but I, I don't think um, you know. I, I even even if it's close, I still think the Lions come out on top. All right. Ravens at Steelers. I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. Um, I think Roquan Smith said it last. He's like, ever since I've been here, we haven't beat the Ravens or beat the Steelers yet. And I'm not, and they say, you're not officially a Raven until you beat the Steelers. So I'm going to take the Ravens in this one and uh, expect a game from Roquan Smith. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm going with the Ravens. Um, Lamar is just, he's, he's getting there. He's getting to where he needs to be. He's not there yet, but I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll pop off eventually. So. Uh, Titans at Colts. I'm going to take the Colts in this one. 
Uh, I really like the way the Colts are playing, uh, and I think they're going to continue doing it against a very inconsistent Titans team. Yeah, no, I listen. I, I couldn't agree more with that uh, with that breakdown. But I'm taking the time. I'm betting on the Titans that they're gonna they're gonna actually come out on top this time. I think it's gonna be a really close game. I think it's gonna be a really low scoring game. Um, but I do think the Titans will they'll they'll get lucky and they'll pull this one off. All right, this one's going to be played overseas in London. Titans, or not Titans, Jaguars at Bills. Uh, the Bills are technically the home team in this one, so I'm going to take the home field advantage with this one. <laughs> Give me the Buffalo Bills coming off of three straight dominant victories, especially the one that they had against Miami at home. Give me the Bills and Josh Allen continuing their dominance. 100%. I think, I, I think, um, I think the Bills are definitely – there's going to be a game. I don't know. I'm not sure who they play next week or even the week after, but there's definitely going to be a game coming up here where the Bills are like in a close one. Um, and I think that this one could be it. I'm still going to take the Bills, obviously, naturally, because um, uh, the Jags aren't even close to like reaching their full potential yet, and the Bills are rolling right now right yeah so i mean the, it, it would be silly to pick the jags over the bills in this kind of scenario but i wouldn't be surprised if the jags make this one close so keep that keep that yeah. in mind all right saints at patriots i mean an interesting one i'm going to take the saints in this one but i wouldn't be surprised if new england caught caught up with a win here as as you know they're a team that kind of needs a win no i couldn't agree more um i'm taking the saints as well um, I think that uh, I, I think that Jamal Williams is just he needs to have another breakout game, um, and I really I really like watching him on that on that Saints like uh, on that Saints offense. But yeah, the Pats are definitely due for one. Um, that one I feel like that one's going to be a lot closer than people think too. So, but I got the Saints. Texans at Falcons. I'm going to take the Texans in this one. People aren't talking about it enough, man. CJ CJ Stroud's playing like a top ten quarterback, and he's been a major revolutionary change for the Fel for the Texans. You're taking the words right out of my mouth. I think that he's proved a lot of people wrong so far this year, and his in his his game is like proving to be effective, and he's he's executing. So yeah, give me give me the Texans all day, man. All right, Bengals at Cardinals. Just I don't know if this is considered an upset anymore, man. But I know the way the Bengals are playing. Give, give me Arizona. I know. I'm. Yeah, I, we were talking about that a little bit before we hopped on. But no, the, I I love the cards. Um, I mean, who did who did they upset two weeks ago? Was it uh, the Cowboys? Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Cowboys. I mean, man, like if they if they could put it together, like you know, they, they, this Bengals seems going to be easy for them to beat. I don't care who's out in the field. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not even sure who um, the Bengals uh, second uh, who their backup QB is, but I mean, I, I just don't, I just don't have any faith in them right now. Yeah, me either. Eagles at Rams. I'm gonna actually go with the Rams in this one on an really? upset. Really? I yeah, I think the really? Eagles haven't. Been, I think the Eagles haven't been playing their best four games of football. Um, I think they yeah. snuck out a couple games with wins. Um, as they do because they are the Eagles and they are going to win more close games than they, than they do lose. Yeah. But I feel like the Rams have been a very solid team that's kind of just flowed under the radar, and they get Cooper Cup back this week too. Oh, do they actually? Okay, see, I didn't know that. Um, <clears throat> well, 
Um, you better not say that too loud. I'm happy you didn't say that too loud, actually, because Liam's right outside your door. I can hear him there, and he's gonna he's gonna walk in and wallop you. Um, but um, no, I, I gotta go with the safe pick. I'm sorry, Ev. I gotta go with the safe pick. I'm gonna go with the Eagles. Um, do I think that the Rams? I, I in my heart, I hope that the Rams make it close. I hope that they bring it to overtime like they did last one, right? Like I, I hope they make it close, but um, it, going against uh, the Eagles just, just there's something there's something that doesn't sit right with it with me on that. So I gotta go for them. All right, Jets at Broncos. I'm actually going to take the Jets in this one, even All though right. I think the Broncos are in store for a couple of wins here soon. Yep. Head coach Robert Sala said he's going to take the training lease off of Brees Hall and let him loose, and I like that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm definitely going I'm definitely going with the Jets, too. Um, I don't think they played bad against the Chiefs at all. That was, uh, that was a crazy game to watch, and, you know, it all came down to that – to that one, um, you know, mistake at the end, but uh, I thought that um, <laughs> thought that Zach Wilson actually played a really good game. <laughs> Is that Liam? It's Liam and Messing. Tell, tell, hey, Liam, he did it again, dude. He can't hear you. I got the air. Oh, Go Bills. <laughs> Go Bears. <laughs> tell him, Go Lions. You got the Rams. I picked the Rams. It's a horrible pick. Go well, only because Cup, Cup's back. Upside of the oh, week. right. Cooper is back. Upside of the week. That's my upside of the week. It's not even that much of an upside. The Rams are, or the Chargers are really good. Or Rams, Rams. Sorry, Rams are really good. See? Yeah, I was going to say. He it, it's going to be a good game, but I can't count out my birds. Go birds. I, I just <laughs> said because the last couple of games, it kind of snuck a couple wins out. So yeah, they, haven't, they haven't looked great. They haven't looked great. Hopefully they can put it all together, but they're still going to win. doesn't matter. Hey, so they've too. played like crap, and they've won four games. That's <laughs> They, that's right. Liam Gross. That's Liam Gross, everyone. He is uh yeah. he is the Go Birds guy of the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. That's funny. Ev, it's kind of funny though. You've picked against Philadelphia, I think, three out of four weeks. Yeah, one of these times they have to I know one pick. of these times <laughs> you're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chiefs at Vikings. Chiefs I'm gonna Vikings? take yeah, yeah go I'm gonna it. take the I'm gonna take the Chiefs in this one. I think it's gonna be a close game. Minnesota is one of those teams that just you think they they should be good, they play good, <laughs> but they don't win. <laughs> like, that they thing play solid, man. You watch their games and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> they just get they get every team's best game, man. And like, <clears throat> there are teams all over the league that, or there's teams all over the world that are like that in their respective leagues. So and, and the Vikings are just. They've just been like that this year. They were kind of like that a little bit last year too, but um, but last year they were you know they were coming out on top, and that was was making you know that that's kind of what pushes everything away, right? But if you're losing those close games to those good teams, it's like wow, like you should be frustrated. Like hey, you, we got to you know gonna come over the top. But yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs as well. I mean, they're just they're rolling right now, right? Like Patty Mahomes is is he's doing really well. Um, he's on, on pace for another record-breaking season. Uh, so he's going to, you know, I think he's probably going to make quick work of the Vikings. But, you know, for, for the sake of the NFC North, <laughs> as a fan of one of the teams, um, I really do hope that the Vikings, like, come through and make it somewhat competitive because the Lions right now just look like the clear-cut, um, 
clear cut runner away running away with you, it right now. You guys deserve just one year of dominance. Oh it's yeah, stupid. no, I, I agree. I mean, and I, I think with the way that Dan Campbell is setting things up too, I think that it's it it hopefully it lasts for a little bit, especially with the way some of the Lions rookies are playing. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, this is this is well deserved for Lions fans and the players and the, the ownership and the coaching staff as well. Like this has been a long time coming. And, um, you know, you got to remember if you're if you're a Lions fan, like the only things that you really have to like remember and be happy about are Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. Like like you really don't have much else. And I mean, and then you have like your lower tier stuff like, you know, Matt Stafford, you know, leaving and, and winning a you know Super Bowl and his, you know, his first year away. Like, you know, you have like little stuff like that. But I mean, this is. What you're seeing right now is just a huge like sigh of relief from everybody. And I know we're only a couple games in, but yeah. Either way, that's my Lions rant for the day. Uh, who do you got next? Cowboys at 49ers. Until they lose, I can't bet against them and take the 49ers. Yeah, no, the 49ers are an easy pick for this one. Um, I think the Cowboys are good. I just don't think they're consistent. And the one thing the 49ers have going for them is their consistency. So give me the 49ers all day. And the last game is the Packers at the Raiders. I'm going to take the Packers in this one. Yeah, I mean, Ev, I feel like I copied you a lot. But, yeah, no, I, um, I'm i also going with the Pack. Um, strong showing for the NFC North, potentially, uh, with our picks and everything this week. Because um, uh, you have the Bears winning yesterday. Um, absolutely smoking the Commanders. Who would have thought? Um, but... Yeah. So yeah, give me yeah, give me the Packers. So yeah, it's kind of weird. The the worst um, worst division in football. We predicted all teams to win, um, but hey, right. So yeah. that's gonna be it for a little bit of NFL talk for today. We're gonna transition now into hockey, and we're gonna be covering the Buffalo Sabers and the Detroit Red Wings preseason a little bit. We'll get into a little you know, cover like preseason to the season type of talk, but yeah. we'll save that for a little bit down the line. But something I want to talk about starting with the Buffalo Sabres and we'll get to the wings is guys who should make the roster in your opinion, or maybe they should not. Um, yeah. The first player we'll talk about Bye, is, Bye. <laughs> yeah, Liam said about, is, uh, is Buffalo Sabres 13th overall draft pick from this past draft. Zach Benson, as he was a guy that was slated to just play a couple preseason games and potentially just get sent right down back to juniors after preseason and camps all said and done. But the thing is, the Buffalo Sabres didn't know that they were going to have Jack Quinn injured and out for, you know, a good chunk of time. Almost, I think he's going to be out all the way till December, uh, mid-December, maybe early January. And then... The performance of Zach Benson getting power play time on the first unit and then also playing on the first line with guys like Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson. He's a point per game. He just scored the other night against uh, Columbus. I mean, you you can't take the guy off the roster now. I mean, he, he's been playing too many games within preseason. He's been playing too many minutes throughout camp on the top line. And he's been too productive to take out. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I mean, I so what kind of – with the limited access that I have to watching Sabres, Sabres games, um, 
especially like with preseason, right? Um, I, I noticed his skating. His skating is his skating looks good. He looks like a pro out there. He doesn't look like a rookie, right? He doesn't. And, and obviously, this is preseason, so like, it's really, really hard to gauge like you know how effective people are going to be, and especially with how no matter how much playing time they're getting, everything. Um, but no, I, I, they, the Sabres clearly see something in him, right? I mean, from a management standpoint, like you don't put a guy in that spot unless you think he can handle it. Um, so 18 if, years old. Yeah. I mean, if, and he's doing it and he's making the most of it, I, I definitely, I, yeah, you, you, you can take him out, especially with the, you know, with the idea that, um, you know, I'm not sure how long, uh, Quinter's out for, but it's, Right now, you, you, why would you not keep him in there? Um, and uh, everybody knows that, uh, you know, hockey is like ho- hockey's kind of like baseball in the sense of like you have to play the players that are hot. Like there are some players that are streaky, and if he if he is you know hitting the ground running right, like and you know say you give him a couple, you know you give him one or two games, you know at the, at the beginning of the year to see if like he can continue his preseason dominance here then I would say, yeah, like give him those opportunities. And you know what, if, 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 if the start of the season comes around and, you know, those full-time NHLers like, you know, simmer him down a little bit and he can't do everything that he's doing. Okay. I understand. Like, you know what I mean? And I think the Sabres fans understand that too. Um, you know, it's fine. You know, he, he, it worked out. It was great. He had a great preseason showing. That's a lot for, for an 18 year old kid. That's a huge, that's a huge success. He's way ahead of a lot of other, you know, players, right? Let alone first rounders. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it's a great time to be a Sabres fan because I mean, think about it. The team's already looking amazing as it is, and now you have, you know, another bright spot coming up. Like, shoot, when's it going to end, right? Like, um, so I, I really think that that's a that's a it's a good thing. I, I definitely don't think they'll get uh, they'll cut him or, or send him down or no. do anything with. Him. I think he, I think he would have to go to juniors if anything. Yeah, I don't think, I think he can so. go to the AHL. Yeah. So and like he's too good to send back to juniors. I mean he, he'll yeah at this point yeah he'll it it's it gets to a point where if you send a guy back to juniors knowing that he can stay, it's like. You're sending him there, and he's gonna probably pick up more bad habits than keep the ones that are having him do well in the NHL. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'd say definitely, I'd say definitely keep him up there. You don't want a Shane Wright situation, obviously, but you definitely want to keep him up there as long as he's comfortable and as long as you can find a spot for him. As long as Quinn is hurt. Yeah, and that's the thing here. So obviously you have guys like Isaac Rosen and Yuri Kulich who have been sent down to Rochester. So those are two young guys that can play potential middle six roles for the Buffalo Sabres that are not going to be able to play middle six roles for the Sabres anymore because they've been sent down to Rochester. And you've made it so far in camp with the Jack Quinn injury going on. You haven't brought in a veteran forward to replace that. And that's what a lot of people thought the Sabres were going to do. Like, we'll talk about it later, but there was some interest in Patrick Kane reports. Yeah. I don't know if the Sabres are going to go out and get a Patrick Kane if you look in-house and then go, well, we have this young guy that maybe in a uh-huh. year or two is going to put up better production than Patrick Kane. 
I know. In, in, in a year or two. So, well, it'll be a little interesting how, like, how it goes, and we'll have to see. But yeah. once again, I think I think the Sabres have a, a talented player on their hands here, and they have to utilize them. But the next player that I want to talk about is Uka Pekalukunen, yeah, the goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres. And he played one period midway through preseason, let up a goal or two, didn't look too hot. But then he got the full game this past this past night, past other night, against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Sabres lost five to three. And he didn't look too hot. Um, they're still saying that he's having issues tracking the puck from point shots and outside shots, and it's just the little things with Lucan and 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 they've been giving more amount of the time in preseason to Devin Levi and Eric Comrie. Yeah, and they have given Lukanen very little time. And that's the thing here. It's does Lukanen even make the roster? Like at this point, I I don't know if he makes the roster. If they keep three goaltenders, sure. But if they keep two, I don't think he makes it. Well so who's the um who's the who's the third again? It'd be Devin Levi, Eric Comrie, and Lukanen. Comrie. Well and Comrie's not gonna go down to the AHL. Is he even on a can they even send him down? They'd have to send him through waivers. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, unless they yeah, unless they keep three, yeah, no, he's definitely going to get sent down. Um, the only thing that I was going to say before before I asked that um, was that the, the part that, that bothers me with just professional sports in general and with hockey, it seems to be, I wouldn't say it's worse, but like, it's definitely pretty bad. Is like, if you see, like, if you see like Connor Bedard and you see what he's doing in the preseason, you see some of these other guys that are getting their first taste and you're like, oh my gosh, like they look really good, right? Like we were just talking about Benson, like, oh my gosh, they look amazing. How can you cut them, right? Like, there's no way we got to keep them. We got to keep them. We got to keep them. It's like, it's like that energy stays consistent with a player that isn't doing well, right? Like, oh my gosh, how can we keep this guy? He looks terrible in preseason and these aren't even NHL players and yada, 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 yada. But it's like, I, I personally think that there's no reason for the say, like, there's no reason for anybody to freak out, right? Like Benson is not going to be the next counter Bedard and, UPL is not going to, you know, this isn't the demise of his career. Like, you know what I mean? So like, it's, it's been a couple preseason games who like, who knows why he's tracking the puck wrong. Like that's, that's odd. I, I didn't hear that, but that's just what I was listening to a broadcast. And that's what Marty Braun said, yeah. former, former Sabres goaltender. So, I mean, yeah, no, it, I believe it. Now, I mean, I'll take what he's going to say pretty credible. Yeah, no, I'm sure it is. No, I'm not saying it's not credible. I, I was, I was more confused of like, I, you know, I, is it, is, did he get, like, um, did he tell him that, or was that? I don't know if he told him that, but it was just something that was brought up. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, I mean, but then again, like, what the hell is the point of the preseason, right? It's, it's for guys like him to get that out of the way. So they, you know what I mean? So then when he does get in net, when the games actually matter, he's, he's better than it would be if, you know, the season started right away. So 
Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think UPL is a good goalie. I think he's going to fight back. Um, he'll find his way back up there. Um, but, I mean, it's kind of funny, though. With Ever since um, <clears throat> Devin Levi's come into the picture and he's made a, made a name for himself and he's actually been – He's actually been, you know, seriously considered for the starting role. I would, I, it's kind of funny how, like, even last year they were talking about, are they going to trade UPL? Like, what's their plan? What's their long-term plan with him here? Um, and then, because then it comes down to, I don't know, I don't know how deep the, uh, the goaltenders are for the Sabre system, but. Really is, gets is past he, this. Really doesn't get that? past this. Doesn't really get passed what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, then like they're probably they they want Rochester to have a good goalie, right? So you know, then they might keep, then they might find value in keeping him there. Um, but I mean, his value might be high enough to where a team will take him as a backup. And and at that point, then you know, you might be having, you might be seeing him request a trade. Um. Right. So. Keep that in mind too. Um, obviously, that's. I mean, I'm not saying anything that's groundbreaking here. Like everybody knows this stuff, but um, I, I think that that's a that's a valid thing. I mean, Devin Levi, he has taken the Sabers net right now. Like it's his net to lose, right? Um, so I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see how it plays out. But yeah, you're right. If they they're probably only going to take two goalies if that if their depth is is just those three. So. They'll send UPL down. I, I can't see. I can't see them keeping him on the Sabers. Yeah, no, that's kind of. It's kind of like what I'm thinking. Just because at the same time, the Sabers kept three goaltenders last year, and a lot of fans are just over over it. And they were doing some things on the roster where they where they couldn't just because they had the three goaltenders. So it'd be interesting to see where they go from there. But um, let's swing over to the other side yeah. of the lake here, going to Detroit. Um. What's going on with Detroit in their preseason? What rookies are looking good for them and any roster projections? So, yeah, um, the, well, the, I, I'd say the biggest, I'd say the biggest one is um, Simone Edvinson. Um, he's really the only, he's really the only one that's, um, that's a, that's a rookie that that's like kind of worth talking about at this, at this point in time, exactly. Cause Iserman is, he's very clear cut on who's going where, um, um, you know, and it's kind of like that with the Sabres too, a little bit. It's just that your dynamic with the Sabres is a little, is just uh, a little bit different because you have like injuries like Quinn and like guys like Benson are actually stepping up. Um, Iserman, in, in, he's not counting on younger guys. He's more counting on like acquisition players and players that he signed in free agency. Um, but yeah, but other than that, um, Simone Edvinson, um, he had one low light, in his, you know, I think he played four, yeah, he played like four preseason games. Um, and it was against uh, the Blackhawks when he got absolutely walked by Connor Bedard. Um, and he didn't score, thank God. But um, if he did, then uh, Edvinson probably would have <clears throat> got sent down the next day. Um, so, yeah, he got, he got turned into a blender there. But uh, other than that, I, he scored an overtime game winner. Um, I think it was against, yeah, it was against Pittsburgh. Um, I, I, I really like, I really like the way he skates. His shot is incredible. He's a completely different player than Moritz Sider, but in a good way. Um, he's, he's more offensive. If his, 
if he lives up to his potential, he, he's got like the, he's just kind of like a, it's almost like a taller, he's a taller mix between Owen Power and Rasmus Dali. So Interesting. Like, that's, the, that's the best way to kind of, he's not, he's not near as, he's not near as, um, I would say like, he's not there yet, obviously to the point of Darlene, but his game is like that. You know what I mean? Like he, he's very creative. He's very offensive. He's not scared to do anything out there. Right. Like those are some really nice qualities that you love about Darlene. And he's the same way. He's just a little bit taller. Um, but his shot, his shot is much better than Darlene's, which is kind of why I more or less like pointing to power as well. Um, so um, I, I'm really impressed with him. Um, other than that, though, uh, Daniel Sprung. Sprung looks incredible. I loved watching him on Seattle last year. I thought he was one of their underrated, um, you know, forwards that could really do anything that you wanted. And he, whenever you needed a goal, it just seemed like he was always on the score sheet. And um, that's why I was so excited when um, Eiserman, I didn't even, I had no clue that the Red Wings were going after him. Um, I guess nobody did really. But, um yeah, so they signed him, and and I was um, I've been really happy with him. Um, other than that, other than that, our the the Brinkett looks good on that first line uh, with Larkin and Raymond. Uh, really, that's obviously really good to see. I mean, you kind of didn't expect anything else if you're a Red Wings fan. There, um, the Brinkett and Larkin, just the the chemistry that they're showing already, and then on top of that, you have a shooter like Raymond, and and he's. And he's not—he's no rookie anymore. He's got his confidence, and he's actually letting the puck rip. And and that first line power play too is is looking pretty good. You know, it's it's if they get hot, you know, I could definitely see them being a you know in the top half of the league, maybe even top ten. But um, other than that, um, the goaltending situation is kind of a big question mark for the Wings right now. Um, because uh, Costa, I, I would assume that Costa is going to go down. I don't think he's going to be there. Um, obviously, they traded away Nadelkovich. Um, so I, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Iserman wants to do with that. We have that. Um, we have the kid that uh, from Florida, from the Panthers, uh, Lion Alex Lyon. It would be really interested to see what they do with him, uh, where he ends up. So. There's a there's a lot of questions. I, the preseason didn't really answer a lot of questions for Wings fans, unfortunately, um, because every other night, and I'm sure the Sabers did this too. I never really, I didn't really look at the rosters all that much, um, but the, for the Wings, it, it was either it was either their night number one starter, right? Right, like it was either their opening night starting lineup, or it was their it was the Grand Rapids Griffins, their AHL team. Um, there really wasn't. Um, it wasn't a mix um, like a lot of other teams do. So I thought that be, I thought because of that, um, you know, I, I, I think that Eisenman's making it pretty clear on who's on what side. Um, and then, yeah, they, they, they but they, they've kept it in it there. They've, um, they've kept themselves in games. They, they played Toronto pretty well. Um, it's just that they kind of let up these, they let up these easy goals and they, they let talented players walk all over them a little bit too much they give them too much space and yeah you know that it could be an age thing it could be whatever but i i you know that that is a little bit concerning that's you know that's me being a little bit pessimistic but like i was ranting about earlier i don't think that you should read the, the preseason too much um because this is kind of 
that you know this is what the GMs are doing. They're putting out certain certain players, certain lines. They're doing stuff for a reason to see how you know how things are how things play out. Are is this kid ready? Is he not ready? How's how's this kid play with this kid? How's this D pair line up with our you know our second line? You know like. So there's a lot of, there's a million stuff going on that the media will never know. And, you know, and guys like you and I, Evan, will never, we, we can't see because we don't know. So uh, because of that, because of that, though, um, I, I, th- I still think the Red Wings are going to be good. I think that they're going to get a lot of, they're going to get a lot of attention that uh, people don't, uh, aren't necessarily giving them now. Um, but at the same time, like, I'll be, I, I, I'll be honest with you and, I mean, I'm probably the only, you know, one, the only Red Wings fan that's ever going to say this right now, especially is like, I'm, I'm terrified because like, if right now, if you ask a lot of um, analysts and like people that have opinions around the NHL, they're going to say there's three teams. You have Ottawa, Detroit, and you have Buffalo. Those are the three teams that they need to make a splash this year. And Evan, as you and I know, the NHL is a very, very, very competitive league. And um, fairly because of that, like not all three of them, not all three of them are going to make that jump this year. Not even two of them might, right? Yeah. Maybe only one. Honestly, maybe not even all three. (laughs) I know. Oh, yeah. I mean, weirder things have happened for sure. Um, but I mean, if you look at the prospect pool and you look at like how deep these teams are, like, you know, you know, you have a good faith that one of them is going to come out somehow. Um, but my point is, is as a Red Wings fan out of those three teams, I can't put us above either either one of them. I really can't. So, and like, do I want to say that? Like, absolutely not. But I don't, I mean, they're good. I think the Red Wings are good. I think they're making amazing strides, and I think they have everything in place where you know it's things are going to get much better. But I mean, if you're looking for a dramatic increase like Buffalo did last year, especially like Ottawa, like their Ottawa's prospect pool is deep, and their players are playing amazing. Sanderson, Sanderson is. I mean, I, is San, was Sanderson a rookie last year, or is this his rookie year? Been a rookie last year. I think if he if he is if he is man the way that he's playing in the preseason he's playing like a vet already. If he keeps that up, if he keeps that up, he's going to get a couple Norris votes. I mean, this is this is an insane conference. You know what I mean? Or you know the that they're in, and I just I don't know. There's something about there's something about the wings that I'm just I'm not sold on entirely yet, and it's tough for me to say as a fan, but. Um, Either either way, like I hope they prove me wrong. But other than that, the wings are the wings. That's why you know that that's that's you know that's the way they are right now. So uh, we're gonna lean on us. Everyone in Detroit is leaning on the Lions. I can tell you that from experience. Go Lions, right? <laughs> yeah, um, Lions right now. But and it was right. talk about Ev. Yeah, so we'll talk about. We got three little topics here before we wrap the show. Um, for today, remember again, this is the Wings of Blue Cheese podcast. My name is Evan Harrington, alongside my co-host Joel Frazee. Thank you guys for always tuning in. But before we wrap up the show, we'll spend a little bit of talking about a couple of topics. Me and Joel have this, uh, we have this. It's called a collection, I guess, on Instagram yeah. now. It's you can send stuff back and forth. Yeah. Um, once in a while, we'll send some stuff that we 
think is interesting and intriguing to talk about on the podcast. And Joel, I'll give you full credit for everything we're going to talk about this week uh, because you actually sent the most amount of stuff. Um, so the first thing we'll talk about is uh, the San Jose Sharks just signed Quint Musty to a three-year entry-level deal. And yeah. if you're wondering why... <laughs> why is, is that news, more... Evan? <laughs> why is that news? Um, it has a little more importance maybe to the podcast than other rookies around the league that sign their entry-level contracts you know, every day, it seems like. Uh, it's because myself, I had the chance to interview Quentin Musty, um, and he's a local Buffalo native, um, growing up just the, like a town or two away from me, uh, just a couple of years younger than myself as well. Um, great kid. He's got great potential. Again, first-round pick from Buffalo. Um, Want to see the kid prosper and do some great things in the NHL. And obviously, signing his first entry-level contract deal is only a right step in the right direction. So that's the, it there. So he looked really good. No, he looked really good in preseason. Uh, that's why, yeah. I mean, that, that, that was definitely why he, he earned that contract for sure. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, if anybody out there that's listening, if you guys haven't seen, you guys haven't seen that interview, it's not long. It's like only like seven minutes, right? Um, yeah, go, go check that out. Evan did a great job with him and uh, he's a really down to earth kid, you know, a guy that's easy to root for, right? Especially for all the, you know, the Buffalonians out there. Um, he's only 18 yeah. years old, too. He just turned 18, yeah. like, not even a month ago. I mean, the kid's got a bright future. He's OHL kid, right? Like, uh, didn't you know, didn't go to didn't go to a college around here. So I guess he probably didn't get, you know, a big a bigger name than he than he, you know, he, he OHL. He went to the OHL route and first overall. Pick. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, good for him. I had I had to share that in there because I'm like, oh, well, have like. Is Evans going big time now? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So got that out of the way. And um, here's an interesting quote um, on who he's excited to watch. Uh, Josh Morrissey, the defenseman from the Winnipeg Jets, uh, was talking about on uh, which team he's excited to watch. And he, he talked about the Chicago Blackhawks. And here's his quotes. Um, I would say probably Chicago just with Bedard. Coming in and so much hype around his game. He's a young guy, and you definitely don't want to be the guy that takes a new prospect lightly and he makes you look silly, aka Detroit. Um, okay, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. but nonetheless, I mean, people people are uh, you know on Bedard watch and Chicago watch for a reason. Yeah. Um, another one is uh, Tage Thompson on this on the team that he's actually excited to watch the most. Um, I'm kind of interested to see how Detroit is, uh, is this year. I feel like they made some really good additions to their team, and I think that they're going to be pretty good. So just kind of curious to see what they do. And that's Tage Thompson, obviously, yeah. fellow Atlantic divisional rival in yeah. the Detroit Red Wings. It'll be interesting to very like really see, like once again, how that team does. And the last one we'll talk about is Detroit Red Wings captain. And the team he's interested in watching is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like the 13-year-old me would be thrilled with Eric Carlson joining, Chris Letang, Malkin, and Sidney Crosby. That's pretty cool. I'm excited to watch them. So obviously the young, the inner self young version of Dylan Larkin is, is coming out and he's saying, hey, like we got two defensemen that I watched growing up, two all-star forwards that I watched growing up, and that's going to be that there. But those were just some quotes. Um, from players on the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings and others around the league as well, talking about players and teams that they will be very interested into watching this season. But the last thing we're going to get into, and I want to get your take on this. The NFL has this thing every Sunday that they do. It's called 
NFL red zone. And what NFL red zone is for something for someone that may not know is that from the games that start at one o'clock until the games that go from like four twenty ish to seven thirty ish at that time, there's multiple games going on at once and you're sitting at home and you're watching on, on cable TV and you might be only get one or two games. Well, NFL red zone allows you to watch every single game at once as it takes you through every time a team gets within the red zone and multiple variations of that point in game. And by doing that, the NFL has expanded their, their, their platform and being ways or having ways to watch and view the game. Um, so it's been a great thing for the NFL and the NHL is trying to do something called frozen frenzy. And on, on October 24th, it's a one day thing. The night all 32 NHL teams play ESPN will showing every goal power play and hit in a new NFL Reds version called frozen frenzy. So this is a one night event where all 32 teams are playing simultaneously throughout the night. And you are going to be able to watch Every goal, every power play, every big save, every hit, every big highlight on Frozen Frenzy. Joel, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it, it's not – it doesn't take um, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that this is definitely just a, a trial thing for the NHL to see, you know, if, it, if it'll catch the same traction, right? I mean, if it does half of – if it does half of what the red zone has done, you know, NFL red zone has done for the NFL – then, then, it, then it's, then, you know what I mean? Then it's incredible. You know, that's a huge win, especially for the NHL. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, personally for me, I w- what's the date again? October 24th, 23. October 24th. Okay. So yeah, we don't have games. I think, what is that? A Tuesday? Let me look that up. 24th. Cause we have a game on Saturday, the 21st. That'll be the 24th on a Tuesday. So it's a it's an interesting day because that's the thing though the NHL does not play games really until five thirty, yeah, like that's the earliest they will start. So I think this yeah. can be very revolutionary because once again the NFL does it from one to seven, yeah. so you have like a six or seven hour window. With the NHL here, you're going to be able to really go long term. You're going to really be able to hit the the diehard hockey fan. I think. Um, I think so too. Really, that's what I'm really good like, with this, and that's the thing. So, if they let's say I don't know exactly what times the game start that day, they could start at seven thirty. But let's say they start at five thirty. Start at five thirty. You're gonna have games from five thirty to potentially one in the morning with West Coast games. We're yeah. east. Well, I'm East Coast, but yeah. so that would that would be it. I mean that that could be pretty revolutionary for the NHL. It could. I mean, it's definitely the. It's, there, there's a lot of things that are. There's a lot of factors at play, right? Like. Um, you know, is it, are they actually going to be able to get that diehard NHL market, right? Are they going to be able to price point it to where it's not ridiculous? Like I'm not even an, I, I, I'm a very average NFL fan. Like I have no problem admitting that because of my lifestyle, right? Like I'm still doing stuff, right? Um, I, I still would be very interested in getting NFL red zone if it wasn't it's pretty worth so it. damn expensive though. It's it's not it's, too bad. I, I figure what it's cost. It's like I think it's like four forty bucks a month, right? No, I think it's like forty bucks for the year. I don't know how much it's. If it's not forty, it's like eighty or ninety. It's I know. I bad. thought it, I thought it was ridiculously expensive, but yeah. No, you're I mean, thinking of NHL. Looked, you're thinking of NFL um, Sunday ticket. 
Oh. Sunday Sunday tickets where you get every single game in full. Red Zone is just you just get every game and you're on the go with it. Oh, okay. See, that makes sense then. Okay, well, there you go. Proving once more that I'm an average NFL fan. But the point is, the point is, is I think this is a big thing. This is a big step in the right direction for the NHL. I think there are certain things that the NHL could be doing to grow the game that they're not doing. We can talk that. We could talk about that forever. But this is definitely a step in the right direction. Um, I hope I hope that people actually buy it. Um, if it's on a Tuesday, all we have is our practice at 10 a.m. So like, if the guys like the guys and I here like want to get together and you know go watch, you know, if somebody wants to buy it and we all crowd into somebody's little apartment and we want to watch it, then like that's chances are that's probably going to happen. Um, so I mean, I think that you're definitely going to get eyes on the screen, and I think it's a good thing. I also think that it's really good that the NHL does these days where all 32 teams play. Um, I really think that's a good thing. I would like to see them do it more, especially yeah, if oh this yeah. frozen frenzy hits. But the thing is, though, is they're very they're very picky and choosy on what chances they take. They're they're not they're not a very risky. They they don't take risks. Uh, the NHL, and I mean you you know you can view that you know one of two ways, obviously, but. I, I I like I like when the NFL does weird stuff. Like I, I like when the NBA does like uh, stuff. like like the Nickelodeon game or the, yeah. uh, the the Toy Story game. Like that's it's so it's so like gimmicky, but it's cool. Like that's that's it, what makes it, it is. fun. It it's really gimmicky, is. It's like, cool. It's. I I I'll never understand it. I, and I what I don't understand is that the NHL probably thinks that their fan base like that that would be going in the wrong direction. But, like, you're not going to lose – like, if you do something gimmicky like that, you're not going to lose fans. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I don't understand what their mindset is on being very, very cautious with stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, then again, you know, it's the NHL. Like, there's ice involved. There's planning. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it that the NFL doesn't have to worry about, right, with turf fields and – and there's nothing else that NFL stadiums yeah. are used for other than, con- you know, concerts and whatnot. Um, yeah, sure. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's one of those arguments, but yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, I can definitely see myself buying it or getting in, getting involved in the frozen frenzy. I, I definitely am interested in it. And I mean, Evan, I mean, you and I aren't, uh, we're not at the, you know, we're not, we're not uh, huge with the whole podcast thing yet, but I mean, shoot, if, you know, I mean, this is a, that would be great for like people like us that want to watch multiple games. Like, I want to watch the Sabers. Um, you know, I want to watch the Wings. Right? I can watch them at the same time. Um, you know, I can watch. I can watch Benson on the power play and how Debrinket is what whipping it over to Raymond on the power play, like within minutes of each other. I mean, cool. yeah, that's a, that's an incredible thing. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, so yeah, I think that they're, I think that they're taking, uh, they're doing the, they're doing the right thing there. I think they're heading in the right direction with that, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty much we, all we have for today's episode, yeah. kind of like kind of a little bit shorter than others, but we'll be back very soon. Um, for the start of the NHL season, we'll give our picks on that as well. And we'll be getting into a ton more NHL content with the season just right around the corner. Once again, my name has been Evan Arrington alongside my co-host, Joel Frazee, for another episode of the Wings of Blue Cheese podcast. I just want to say thank you to everyone and anyone 
that decides to tune in and listen, whether that's on video or audio format, we appreciate your listen. Once again, take care. And once again, go Bills, go Lions, go Wings, <laughs> go Sabres. Everyone take care and have a great day. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>